Allah, if there is any truth in Jesus, if there is any truth in Jesus, help me. Can I get connected to you, God? It was there that a miracle happened. It was there that a turning point happened in my life, and I just knew that I'd encountered God, I'd encountered a living person. Welcome to the In Doubt Podcast. Hey, welcome to the Indo Podcast Show. My name is Isaac, your host, and I'm here with the lovely Brittany. Hey, guys. Hey, and we just wanted to say happy Canada Day. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's not Canada Day today. Today's the fourth, but Canada Day just happened. Yes. This is awesome. Uh, this is our birthday, our nation's birthday, you know? Exciting time. Um, I don't know if you guys went and saw the fireworks, but uh, they're pretty spectacular. They were amazing. Yeah. Incredible. Just amazing. Hey, so you finished your summer semester. I did. Yeah, how, how I did, am. How did that go? Good. I, I am free. That relief is just, it's bliss, let yeah, me tell you. Like sure. two months off to just chill in my backyard with my chicken. You just don't have kidding. a chicken. I don't have a chicken. Our landlord has a chicken. Yes. And I will be working, so. And just just so listeners can know, we 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 have a we do have this uh, chicken. Well, we don't. It, the landlord does. <laughs> and the chicken's name is Maud. Uh-huh. And she's the crankiest chicken. Yeah, she's mean. Very mean. Yeah. Yeah. And we actually like the the window out of our bathroom looks right on to the little chicken coop. Mm-hmm. And so we see Maud every morning. Every we, morning we are greeted by Maud. Greeted by Maud mean and her quacks. Her yeah. quacks. Yeah. Yeah. They have spite in them. They do? Yeah, they do. Yeah, okay. That's yeah. right. That's good. All right. Well, let's let's move into the actual uh, content here. We, we are in a series, our second week in our series called A Look at the Gods. I hope you enjoyed last week with Steve Kim and talking to us about Buddhism and Confucianism. And Jake and I got to kind of chat about that. Um, but this week, we get to hear an awesome conversation with Rafiq Dauji. And he is an ex-Muslim. He grew up as a Muslim. We're going to hear more about his testimony. He's now a Christian and he works at uh, as like a, a chaplain at Addictions uh, Recovery House down in Vancouver now. And uh, he, he's just totally on fire for the Lord. So I'm really excited to hear from him. And he's going to kind of tell us a little bit about the basics of Islam and also some of the relationships between Christianity and Islam. And just a reminder too to our listeners that the whole idea of this series is to help us as Christians or skeptic Christians really, or skeptical about Christianity, to help us gain an understanding of the other worldviews in the world. And if you think of Islam, I mean, this is a huge religion. I think Rafiq says is that 1.6 or 7 billion people of the world would call themselves a Muslim. So this is huge. So it's really important for us as Christians in evangelism and just even considering, you know, talking to these people, we need to know what they believe. So let's get into the conversation. We'll listen to it and then we'll come back with some thoughts. Well, it's a privilege to have Rafiq Dauji in the uh, studio today. Uh, how are you doing, Rafiq? I'm doing good, thank you. That's good. Rafiq actually was one of my Bible professors in college. That was quite a few years ago now. And uh, yeah, I was able to connect with him again. And I'm so happy to have him uh, on the show today to talk about Islam. But before we get there, I would love just for myself and for our listeners to hear just kind of who you are, what your story is, where you've come from and where you are now. Thank you, Isaac. So my name is Rafik Dauji, and um, I was born in Africa, Tanzania. I come from an Indian background, as you can see. So I was born a Shiite Muslim. It's one of the sects of Islam. I grew up as a Muslim, learning all the teachings of Islam, that's prayer and fasting, going to the mosque, reading the Quran, believing in the prophets and all the saints that we believe in. 
by the time I was 16 and 17, I had this, this desire in my heart saying, okay, Allah, God, if you are there, I want to know you because every time I'm praying, I'm fasting, I'm just feeling like I'm not connecting with God. Right. And so every day in my prayer, I would begin to ask, God, if you are there, Allah, if you are there, how can I know you? Right. And that began a journey in my life where I started to seek God in different spiritual realms like meditation, yoga. And, of course, I became more and more zealous in my own Muslim faith, you know, praying zealously, going to the mosque. But that seemed to be not working, and mm. my life was getting, like, more you know, lonely and feeling like there is no God. And if there is God, how can I connect with him? And right. That took me into like a journey and um, continuing to seek God, seeking Allah until when I was in medical school in the year 1980. It's been a long time ago, <laughs> you know. And in the medical school, I had come to a state of pretty much living a life of anxiety, fear, and, and, and all this because, like, my desire was, God, I need your help. And, yeah. and I think God allowed this, you know, for a reason. And so as I continued to go through that, I couldn't study in school. I mm. kind of feeling fearful, a lot of anxiety. And then the doctors, of course, heard my history. Okay, what's happening to you? I said, I'm not feeling good. I don't know if I can continue studying here. He said, okay, let's treat you. Let's, you know, check on you. So they basically, they put me on... Ativan, you know, yeah. diazepam, Valium, those are the medications they give you to relieve your anxiety. And as I began to be treated, I became dependent on those drugs. Mm. So I began to take in increasing measures. And uh, yeah, and then continuing with the study, down the line, I met a professor, a doctor, you know, who used to uh, uh, treat me. He was a psychiatrist also. Mm. And uh, he told me, Rafiq, Buy me a Coca-Cola. I'll tell you something about the Bible. Now, remember, I never read the Bible. Right. Even if there was a Bible when I was young, we used to get Bibles from Gideons. We used to throw it away because as oh. Muslims, what do you do with those New Testaments, right? Right. We used to kick it and throw it away and all that. It was like, it was not important for us because we read the Quran. But on that day, it was 17th of February, 1980, I was 22 years old, so I was young. And the doctor opened the Bible to the book of Acts chapter 9. I didn't know what I was reading at that time. Right. So he told me, Rafiq, read, and I'll tell you about him. So we sat in the cafeteria, I ordered the Coca-Cola and the donuts, uh, <laughs> and, and we started to, you know, I started to read. As yeah. I read Acts chapter 9, I came to verse 5, where the Bible says, Soul, soul, why do you persecute me? And there, Paul, who was soul, says, Who are you, Lord? Yeah. And, and the voice from that light, it says, I am Jesus. Yeah. When I read that, I began to ask that question in my heart. Allah, if there is any truth in Jesus, if there is any truth in Jesus, help me. Right. Can I get connected to you, God? It was there that a miracle happened. It was there that a turning point happened in my life. And I just knew that wow. I'd encountered God. I'd yeah. encountered a living person. It was as if Jesus just leaped out of the pages of the Bible. Amazing. And there were no lights, there was no earthquakes, there was no <laughs> sound, no voices, but just by reading the word, yeah. Acts chapter 9, verse 5, where it says, I am Jesus, I, I had encountered Jesus at that moment. Now, I didn't understand what happened to me. Right. I knew that there was a living, powerful person that I had encountered. Wow. That moment onwards, I had this desire and the thirst. Yeah. I want to know more of the Bible. Yeah. And to cut just the story short here, you know, I had this thirst 
from that point onwards to read the Bible. Somebody gave me a New Testament. I started to read the Bible and I found that every word in the Bible began to speak with me. Yeah. My life started to change. Um, and to summarize my life here from that point, I found peace that passes all understanding. Yeah. I was healed of drug dependency. I felt joy and peace. And as I kept on reading the scriptures, I understood that Jesus was not some kind of religion, yeah. that Jesus was alive and that he died for us and yeah. and he was buried and raised from the dead yeah. to give us eternal life his resurrection power give us eternal life and and so that is what i learned down the line i didn't yeah. understand in the beginning as a right. muslim as to who is this jesus why is this encounter what does it mean yeah, to encounter exactly. with jesus yeah. and but as i read the scriptures I understood that jesus was the giver of eternal life mm. and from that point onwards you know, my life changed, healed, peace, and I started following Jesus. So I'm a follower of Jesus ever since. That's amazing. Yeah. Beautiful story, mm. Thanks, it's, Isaac. You hear a lot of, actually, Muslims who are now Christians, and their turning point was an encounter with Jesus. Right. It wasn't some apologetic argument or anything. Mm-hmm. It was some a vision or something. As for your case, it was reading the scriptures, right. and Jesus just... And yes. That's so cool. Yes. No lights, no, no, uh, no. you know, uh, <laughs> earthquakes, no sound, no voice, but the the still small, you know, voice of God saying, yes. I am Jesus. Amazing. And he entered my heart. Yeah, that's amazing. Yes. Well, we're in a series now called A Look at the Gods. And mm-hmm. it's sort of this title put on, you know, what are some of the world's most prominent religions? Now, you growing up as a, you said, a Shiite Muslim. Muslim. Yes. Um, I would love now for you to kind of explain to us a little right. bit about what the Muslim faith. So, first of all, just to give us an understanding, when we say, when we talk about Islam, how many people are we talking? There are about 1.7 billion Muslims in the world. Wow. Yeah, and, and comprising of different sects and groups. Right, yeah. but 1.7 would call themselves Muslims. Muslims, yes. Wow, amazing. Mm-hmm. And w- what are, you said there's many sects, are there sort of general sects? Yeah, so there's a major group, right, they call the Sunni Muslims, Sunni? right, Sunni. And then there are Shiite Muslims, which are, you know, the other big group. Uh, a lot of people in Iran. Okay. And half of Iraq, 50% of Iraq are Shiites. Okay. And there are many, many sub-sects of Shiite Muslims. Okay. Like, like I was a Shiite Muslim, but I was a Bohora Muslim. Okay. You know, a Bohora, a Daudi Bohora Muslim. And it's one of the Shiite sects. The Shiite sects are divided into different groups also. Okay. So I was a Bohora Shiite Muslim. Right. So right. I guess in, in some mm. in a, an evangelical's mind, yes. we could say there's conservative and liberal Christianity, sort of? No. You can't do that? Basically, okay. I think the division is based on the history of Islam, that mm. when, when the prophet Muhammad, the founder of Islam, when he started his... his uh, so he was born, yeah, right, in yeah. 570 AD. Okay. And then by 610 yeah. AD... Uh, he received this revelation from the angel Gabriel because he's he had the habit of meditating in a cave. Right. Right. He would go meditate and 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 then uh, he had this supposedly revelation from angel Gabriel, Jibril, which they call Muslims would call him Jibril. Jibril. Telling Muhammad recite, recite, and so there was this this recite that he was told to recite, which is found in the Quran. Okay. It's a chapter in the Quran. And and then he memorized what the angel was telling him. And then from that point onwards, he kept on returning to that cave and he started to getting more and more revelations from the same angel. And then he started 
preaching, right? He started telling people, hey, you've got to turn from idols. You need to, you know, get rid of materialism, okay. selfishness, and surrender to God. So that was his message. Right. And so he continued sharing this message, preaching this message, and that's, that's how, you know, he started to have followers. Right. Now he had opposition, you know, where he was, Mecca, right? Mecca, he had right. opposition. And, and, and because of that opposition, he had to flee. Okay. From Mecca, and he goes to Medina, right? Um, and 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 when he goes to Medina, he 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 continues to have the following, and the idol worshippers and the followers of Muhammad. There is war going on in okay. the next, you know, eight years. Wow! And so, as a result of his message, a lot of places in in Mecca in Arabia converted to Islam. Wow! And that's how his religion started. Now, he died 632 A.D. Okay. Right, when he died, there was the fact that the second in command of Muhammad was supposed to lead Islam. Yes, but there was a group that said, "No, your son-in-law." Now he had daughters. Muhammad had daughters. They all died. Okay. Right. He had one daughter who married to Ali. Okay. So Ali was his son-in-law, and his son-in-law supposedly the family said. It's the son-in-law that should lead Islam, mm-hmm. not the second in command. Right. Because of that, there was war. Interesting. Right? There was war. So the those who said the second in command should lead Islam, and those who said, no, the son-in-law, right. Ali, should lead. Because of that war, there was a split. Okay. So there was those who became the followers of Ali. Yeah. They call him the party of Ali, and that's that's what it means, the Shiites. Okay. The okay. party of Ali and those who became the, the followers of the second in command, they became the Sunnis. Okay. And you find historically this war started at that point. Right. Today, you know, there is still war between the Sunnis and the Shiites. We hear in the news every day right. the Sunnis, the ISIS bombing Shiite right. mosques, or just two days ago in Karbala, the Sunnis or whoever they were, we don't know who really bombed. They bombed a strategic place in Karbala. Karbala is a very strong Shiite wow. groups, And so that war has been there ever since. So these two groups are existent in the world today, right. the Sunnis and the Shiites. And within the Shiites, there are many subgroups. Okay. And I come from the Bohora sect, which is a sub-sub-subgroup in the Shiite world. In the Shiite world. Oh, yes. that's fascinating. You already started going on it, but why don't you just kind of continue a little bit of the yes. uh, the, the history. So we, we, right. you've already told us about Muhammad and Mecca going yes. up to Medina. Yes. Um, and it's interesting though, as you you said that he started to um, hear things from Gabriel, Jabril, yes. about, you know, getting rid of idols, uh, mm-hmm. being, all those things sound good. Right. They sound like good, good things. I don't know if you want to continue. Absolutely, yeah. because... <clears throat> You know, uh, Muhammad, when he received those revelations, they are pretty good messages, yeah. right? Get rid of idols, get uh, rid of materialism. Yeah. And, and, and he talked about the judgment of God. And so it's a pretty good message. And we have a lot of things in common, right? you know, with Muslims. And, and so we as uh, uh, Christians, you know, we can build solid bridges with Muslims because the Muslims have a lot of common things with right. Christianity. Some of the things that they believe in one God. As Christians, we believe in one God. You know, they believe in angels. We believe in angels. They believe in the prophets. They believe in the resurrection. They believe in the judgment. They believe in predestination. They believe in the Old Testament and the New Testament. They believe in Jesus, 
right? They believed that Jesus was the Word of God. Jesus was the Spirit of God. Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary. Wow. Uh, Jesus' miracles, they believed. They believed that Jesus supernaturally ascended to heaven. Amazing. They also believed that Jesus is coming back. You know, as the Kruf, chapter 43, verse 61 to 63 says, He is the sign of the hour. He is coming back. And so Amazing. we have a lot of common bridges as yeah. Christians, you know, to talk to the Muslims. Say, hey, we believe a lot of similar things, yeah. you know, and we can talk about our faith. So that's a very powerful thing. That's amazing. So, what are the main beliefs then of a Muslim today? Um, obviously, there's Allah and you know the Quran. So, right. what, what are kind of the basic beliefs? The basic beliefs. So, they have first of all, as I said, they believe in one God. Yes. Right. They believe in one God, and they have what they call as the creed. That is the most vital thing in Islam. They believe there is one God. There is no other God. Is one, and Muhammad is the prophet. La ilaha illa Allah, Muhammad and Rasulullah. Okay. So that's the first. Then they believe in angels. They believe in the prophets. They believe in the in the Holy Quran, and within the Quran are. The Old Testament, there is the New Testament in the Quran. There are, there are over a uh, hundred scriptures relating to Jesus. Wow. They have the Zabur, which you call as the Psalms. Right. They have the Abraham. They have other prophets mentioned. Even John the Baptist is mentioned Amazing. in the Quran. And then they believe in, in, in the judgment of God. Right. They believe in good works. They believe in predestination. Right. The, all these beliefs. And then they have the five pillars which they practice. Okay. Just like Christians, we practice. So they will fast. They have the Hajj, the pilgrimage. They, then they have the alms giving. Yes. You know, we're supposed to give uh, alms. They have the holy war. Not forgetting, that's something that's the, the sixth, if I would say, they, they call it the jihad. Right. So these are some of the beliefs and um, of, of Islam. Okay. So when we yes. look at Islam next to Christianity, uh, I would just. Uh, what are some of the main uh, points of difference then? Because I think, if I if I were to look at both, from what I understand, you know, we are saved uh, by faith yes. alone through right. Jesus, but through Muslim, as I understand, it's through works. Yes, is that okay? Absolutely. So the biggest difference is, as you have said, yes, that we believe that is through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ right. that we receive eternal life and right. the assurance of heaven. Yes, right. But for the Muslim. Jesus was just a prophet. Right. He brought in that message. And so though the Quran says he's the word of God, he's the spirit of God and all the other he good things back. that is, is coming back. But yeah. still the, the difference here is that the Muslims would not accept that Jesus Christ died for your sin. Right. All right. Because for a Muslim, everybody is good. Really? You know, there's no such thing. You know, everybody is good, but everybody, you know, can cannot go to heaven because they are not sure of going to heaven. Right. For them, th when they die, their good works will be judged in a balance. Wow. Al-Mizan, wow. right? Their, their good works will be, whether it's good, bad. And so a Muslim is not sure, whereas uh, a Christian is sure. Can be assured, the, yeah. And the other difference is that they have a big misunderstanding of what it means to be Jesus, the Son of God. Hmm. You know, for them, the Son of God, when you say Jesus is the Son of God, they said, oh, does it mean that the Father had a relationship, God the Father had a relationship with Mary, right. and thereafter gave birth to a son? They don't understand right. the, the, the sonship of Jesus. They have a complete misunderstanding, and they don't agree with it. So they don't agree that Jesus died. They don't agree on the, Jesus being the Son of God because they don't understand the meaning of it. Wow. They have a 
false interpretation mm. as to what Christians mean when, when Christians say Jesus is the son of God. Right. For them, son of God is like as if God gave birth to a son. Right. No, that's not it. Right. Right. We are talking about the nature of Jesus. Right. It's the divinity of Jesus. It's the divine nature. You know, that's what they don't agree. And, and so uh, that's the major difference between Islam you know, the way they believe in Jesus and the way we believe in Jesus. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, as we as we wrap up, Rafiq, yes. what are a few takeaways Christians could take mm-hmm. um, that would help them sort of help their evangelism to Muslims? I think, I think you already talked about some, yes. like talking about the bridging, bridging similar yes. beliefs, but... Exactly. I think the thing is, is our life. Yeah. If we would depict the life of Jesus, we live the life of Jesus mm. and build friendships with Muslims and share the gospel, make them understand and remove the misunderstanding. Right. You see, every Muslim, when their misunderstanding is removed, they'll say, aha, wow. is that it? All the time I've been thought something different. Right. You know, I had a misunderstanding of what you guys believed. Right. And so for us is to be ready with our answers, sharing the gospel and explain. I always ask a Muslim, how will you deal with a sin problem in your life? Mm. I let them talk, you know, 20 minutes, give him the time, yeah. and then you explain to him how we as Christians deal with the sin problem. Wow. How God has made us a way for the forgiveness of sins, which they don't have. So I was yeah. talking to a Muslim. I asked him the same question. He went on and on. And yeah. then I said, so I said, you're not sure, right, that you can go to heaven? No, I'm not sure. Wow. He said, some of the sins God would never forgive me. I said, really? Let me tell you. Wow. The Bible says God can forgive the deepest and the worst yeah. of all sin. Amen. Through the blood of Jesus, his sacrifice, yeah. we can have total total cleansing of our sin and the assurance that you could go that, to heaven, which the Muslims don't have. Right. I, I actually heard recently that even um, even Muhammad, you can correct me, but yes. was unsure on his deathbed if whether or not he would be in paradise. Absolutely. There's scriptures in the Quran, in the Hadith, whereby Muhammad was not sure whether ah. he would ever inherit a paradise. And and here here is any any person on earth who can get the assurance of heaven when he would believe in Jesus' death and his resurrection. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And uh, just to finish off, the other thing, um, I if I'm again correct me if I'm wrong, but the first one of the first surahs in it's a short one. Apparently, yes. they say every day. Right. Yeah. They and say it, about nineteen times a day. Nineteen times a day. Mm-hmm. And uh, in there, it says, you know, show me the straight straight path. Straight path. That's amazing. And I was I was going to tell you that yeah. Isaac, because I prayed that prayer, right? And sometimes though we didn't understand Arabic. That is the first surah. Everybody understands what he's he's praying and show me the straight path. And I wish that everybody would know that Jesus says, I am the path. Yes, I, I know, am yeah. the way. They're still seeking for a straight path. Yeah. Whereas in Christ, in Jesus, we have the path. Amen. Because when we meet Jesus, we find the path. Amen. We experience the path. We don't need to see the path any longer. Yeah. And that's why I always title my message, No More Searching. We come to the end of that question, show me the straight path. No, Jesus says, I am the path. Yeah. I am the way. I am the truth. That's I right. am the life. And that's where our journey ends. We experience God there. That's so good. Well, thank yes. you so much, Rafiq. Thank you, it was Isaac. amazing to have you in the studio today. Amazing. Thank you. God bless. Well, that was a conversation I had the privilege of having with Rafiq Dauji. He's awesome. 
isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I, I totally wish I was a part of that conversation. Well, you know what? I As he was leaving the door after we had this conversation, I told him, like, you, we got to have you back to talk about evangelism yeah. or something. And he's like, he's like, anything, my friend. You know, so I'm awesome. like, yes, good. <laughs> well, I just thought we'd start off with kind of just talking a little bit again about the idea that Christianity and Islam, there are those comparison points, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. that, you know, as a Christian, sometimes when you think of the Orlando shootings, right, you hear this guy, he's like, oh, he was connected to ISIS. And then when you think of ISIS, you think of Islam, right? And then when you think of Islam, you, your mind can't really go anywhere. You just think of Islam as terrorism, terror, yeah. right? Or as terror or as like, you know, bad. I don't yeah. know. But you don't really think like, hey, what really is this, is this religion? So, I mean, I think Rafiq did a good job on just explaining the basics, but there are lots of comparisons to Christianity. Yeah. Yeah. Know? That was one thing that kind of like after listening to Rafiq, it was, that was very apparent. The the connections of how similar was like, what? Yeah. Crazy. So, yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, he was saying like, you know, they believe in Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. They have a different name for him, um, but they believe in Jesus, John the Baptist, Abraham. I, I mean, everyone, like all, they believe in all of these same people. So you know, you and I were even talking before we started the podcast. We're like, it, that's so important to know because when we talk to Muslims or someone that comes even from like a nominal Muslim that come from Muslim faith and all these characters are, you know, they're familiar with them. It's so important to be like, hey, yeah, we can connect with you. We know that, yeah. you know, and they believe in a lot of the same things that Jesus did, yeah. right? They believe in those same things and we can connect, you know, on those, on those different aspects. I think one of the biggest differences though that, you know, Rafiq and I were talking about it was this idea that Muslims are never assured mm. of their salvation. They're never sure, yeah. you know, which is hard because I mean, for us as Christians, we are told over and over again that like, you know, we are sealed with the Holy Spirit, yeah. right? And then it, I think, I don't know where, where it says it, but in the New Testament it talks about the fact that, you know, we need to make our election sure yeah. in the sense that we have this ability to know if we are saved. Yeah. And it's not on works. No. Yeah. That was the, that was the big, like I, back to the kind of similarities of Christian and Muslim, like, or Islam, sorry. Um, that was just mind blowing in and of itself, how it, it takes you, instead of feeling so removed from someone who has such a different worldview than you, I think as a Christian, it brings you close. Like yeah. what Rafiq said, brings you closer. For sure. You know, it's like, ah, I don't feel so intimidated to go and talk to someone who is of the Islam faith because I know a lot of the yeah. things that their scriptures say based on the yeah. Bible. It's, there's a lot of similarities there. But um, yeah, like the most powerful part was that workspace, mm-hmm. which is like any religion outside right. of Christianity. It is workspace, but it's right. that... Um, how, what can I do to, to be saved? How can I climb that ladder of righteousness and goodness and good works and ritual to obtain this kind of unforeseen goal, like this ambiguous goal, right? So when, yeah, yeah, like when Rafiq was like, ah, like I just, or when you guys were talking about like Mohammed, like, I don't know if I'm going to be saved or not. If I die, I don't know if I'm going to, where I'm going to be. That was just, that's the connection part way that we need to make, yeah. you know. And it, it's just, it's incredible because like this idea of works, right? They, they're just, they're praying all the time. They're like finding places so that they can bow down. I think it's, they actually face Mecca, you know, where Muhammad or where they, they people go on their pilgrimages, yeah. you know, and there's so much of this attitude of, of works, righteous, like religion in it, you know, to do this yeah. so that you can please Allah so much that when you die, you go to paradise. And we know that in paradise, Allah's not even there. He's not. It's just paradise for you. 
and you know it, it's pretty much just a kind of f- the things in paradise kind of just fulfill your fleshly desires anyway. So it's this really weird kind of corrupt kind of understanding too. One thing that I do appreciate about a lot of Muslims is their dedication, you know, and we can say that about a lot of different religions mm-hmm. as well, where you see the persistence that these people have. And that's good. I think a lot of Christians actually need that persistence if it's mixed with or motivated by a true, you know, faith in knowing that, you know, Christ has saved you and it's not by your works that you're saved. But if we have that same persistence to go, then it's really important. I think as an encouragement, you know, if you're a Christian, right, and you're you're hearing about news stories with Muslims or maybe you're going to school and there's some sort of, um, you know, Muslim group or whatever, first of all, don't be intimidated, obviously, because as Rafiq said, there are, you know, many different sects within yeah. uh, Islam. There's a lot of kind of peaceful, you know, Muslims, they're not all, you don't think of it in a weird way, stereotyping mm-hmm. or whatever, but uh, yeah, don't be, don't be nervous, but go and actually, you know, talk, like yeah, talk about questions. those things, ask questions. That was a huge thing for yeah. Rafiki's like, yeah, like that guy went and, or he went and asked someone about um, their sin. Like, so, so you do all this religious activity, you pray, you fast, you face Mecca, whatever, but what do you do with your sin? Right. He asked that and the guy couldn't answer the question. Yeah. He's like, I don't know what I do with this yeah. sin. Like, that's the kind of like, that's the, that's the target point right yeah, there, you know? Exactly. Um, because they feel the shame and the guilt and they don't know if they're going to be saved. Yeah. So they're living with just hope that their works will eventually please Allah. Yeah. Which to me, that does not sound like a a peaceful life. Yeah, yeah, you know? it sounds. Ugh. And I think what's beautiful, just to finish this off, is that uh, like Rafiq's testimony and many others, it was specifically Jesus that did the change. You mm-hmm. know, uh, it was Jesus who spoke out uh, f- from the word of of Acts nine, the words of Acts nine to mm-hmm. Rafiq. You know, and from that point on, Rafiq was changed. And you hear stories of Muslims having visions of Jesus. So as a practical point, I would say that for myself and you and, you know, people listening, that when we hear stories of, you know, maybe in the news about people in Islam or, or terrorists of ISIS, all these different things, pray that Jesus would meet them mm-hmm. uh, in a very tangible way, yeah. whether that's in dreams, in visions, uh, whatever, through the word, like it happened with Rafiq, but that Jesus would show himself. Because every single day, we talked about this, every single day they read a little prayer at the very beginning of the Quran, it says, show me the straight way. Yeah. And Jesus says, I'm the way, right? So it's like, if they're praying for that constantly, Lord, do something, right? Show them. Yeah. Well, anyways, that wraps up the uh, the Endowed podcast. If you want to connect with us, we would love that. So we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, everything. So come chat with us. We would love that. And yeah, that, that wraps it up. So I'm Isaac. I'm Brady. And this was the Endowed podcast. The In Doubt Podcast is a part of Back to the Bible Canada's Young Adult Ministry, In Doubt. All of Back to the Bible Canada's ministry programs and resources are created for the purpose of leading people forward in their walk with Jesus every day. For more information on all things Back to the Bible Canada, visit backtothebible.ca.